This is Living Lean, the show that teaches you how to apply the science of nutrition and training to sustainably create your leanest, strongest body and build the most confident version of yourself. I'm your host, Jeremiah Bear. Let's get into the show. What is good? Welcome back to the show. Today, we have a Q&A. I don't have anything to plug today, so let's go ahead and hop right into the questions. First one we had, post-surgery nutrition, question mark. Low carb due to no lifting for two weeks. All right, so um, with nutrition post-surgery, first and foremost, I don't know if I would necessarily go low carb um, per se. Like, we can probably reduce carbs, but... And also, much of this is like rel- or context dependent on where you're at before. But basically, when we're looking at okay, how what can we do with food and supplements to potentially speed up the healing process? So, especially at the start of the healing process, there's going to be a lot of inflammation. Um, now, some inflammation is important because it's what essentially triggers the repair process it essentially draws healing chemicals to this area. That said, and I'm not sure what her specific surgery she got was, that said, we also have to realize that too much inflammation can also potentially cause additional damage or slow your recovery. So it's smart to eat more anti-inflammatory fats. So here we're talking things like avocados, olive oil, um, fattier fish, mixed nuts and seeds. And then we want to reduce... Um, pro-inflammatory food. So really, this is just like typically your highly processed meats, um, vegetable oils, trans fats. And then we can look at what are some different supplements we can use to help manage inflammation as well, or herbs and spices in this case that we can use. So like curcumin is a good option. Um, We can even work some garlic is helpful there. Bromelain, cocoa, um, berries are a very good option here as well. And I'll honestly work in like a lot of blueberries throughout your day. And as far as managing inflammation goes, that's helpful. And then we have to realize as well, like just like most things, it does come down to our total caloric intake. So often we'll see people like, people will think like, okay, I just had surgery. I'm not going to move as much. So I'm just going to cut calories way down so I don't gain fat. Now, the reality is, That is probably not a smart idea. Now, while you won't need as many calories as you would like, okay, if you were in a building phase, I would very likely just keep calories right around what they were for your old maintenance because we also have to realize that metabolism does increase some to actually speed up the healing process. And that's like, I know people in, like people in burn wards after like a severe burn, their metabolism increases a crazy amount when their body heals. Like anytime our body is healing, our metabolism does increase some. So um, it's not smart to cut calories way down because if our body senses a scarcity of energy, again, it's gonna take longer for the process to heal. So I would very likely keep calories right around maintenance and realize that like, even if in the process over the next couple weeks, you do gain a bit of fat, we can diet and get rid of that very quickly. Whereas like if you drag this process out, like if it's supposed to be, it sounds like for her, they gave her a two week recovery time to like stay out of the gym. But if you under eat 
and you're not fully recovered due to under eating, you go back in the gym, you hurt yourself again, or like that's just when like we start to drag things out like this longer and longer and longer. And they turn into months or even year-long setbacks. So I would likely keep calories right around maintenance. Definitely be sure to get a lot of protein. It's smart to keep protein around 1 gram per pound of body weight, even up to like 1.2 grams per pound of body weight. I would keep fat a bit higher. So I would likely here go around 0.4 to 0.5 grams per pound of body weight of fat. Um, And again, we already talked about like smart fat sources to work there. And then we don't want to take carbs too low because again, carbs do help fuel your recovery. And the biggest thing here is we're trying to push this injury or whatever it was you got surgery on to heal as quickly as possible. So um, it's smart to include some carbs in your diet and I wouldn't go super low carb. So whatever your maintenance intake is from there, again, it would probably be smart to keep fats around like somewhere between 0.4 and 0.5 grams per pound of body weight, um, protein around one to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight. And then from there, I would fill the rest of your calories with carbs. I wouldn't go too low carb here at all. And then it can just help if we supplement a bit with vitamin A, copper, vitamin C, and zinc. Um, I know potentially like arginine, glutamine have potentially been shown to have some benefits here as well when it comes to recovering from like injury or surgery. All right. So as far as nutrition there, those are my takes. All right. Next question we have. I somehow went from, and this is from one of my clients. She actually emailed me this shout out to Rachel. Um, I somehow went from five one-on-one clients to 16 in a span of a month. First of all, well done. Um, it's going really well, and I've dedicated my entire Monday to check-ins, and I love it. But I have more and more applications coming in every day, and I definitely want to take on more clients, but I'm a little nervous about burnout. I know you said you have 50-plus clients, and I don't even know how that's possible, LMAO. Like, how is that possible? All right, so, and then she also mentioned here, I'm having a dilemma. Um, I'm nervous about, basically she's nervous about taking a trip because she's been averaging like seven hours the past two weeks on Mondays answering client check-ins. And I'm just curious about, or how you go about quote unquote vacation time and if you've ever taken off on Monday. (laughs) All right. Um, and I'm glad she asked me this question. She requested that I answer this on the podcast. This is something that I get asked quite a bit. So what a typical check-in day looks like for me, first and foremost, I set up the rest of my week to make sure, or as much as possible, try to make sure like the only thing I have to do on Mondays is answer a client check-in. So typically for me on, um, Friday, or on Sunday, like if I had to program a lot the last week and I didn't have time to get everything done I needed to. On Sunday, like my social media post, my email to my list, um, the little clip from my podcast that I post on my story, anything outside of client emails that possibly needs to be put out, I have that ready um, on Sunday or again, like ideally, most of the time I'll get this done on Friday. So all that's just ready to roll. So Typically, I'll go through my morning routine. Um, it'll be around 8 to 8.20. I'll get all that posted. And then around 9, I'll start answering client check-in. So from there, typically on Mondays, I would say about 35 to 40 of those will come in. Um, 
and straight up, I, I used to, when I had less clients, actually, I tried to split this up into two days. I like to just get most check out, check-ins done in one day, just because I feel like it's very much like a mindset. You're on top of your game. I, I'm very much like, as a whole, I like having one day where I do things. There's only one day where I blog as opposed to like I used to split, spread a blog out over three days. There's primarily one day where, where I record podcasts. There's one day where I program. There's one day where I create most of my social media posts. So um, I'm very much a fan of that. That seems to be for me how I work best. So, and I even like, I lift on Sunday instead of Monday. So I don't have to go to the gym. I literally can just, so basically from nine to tell about two, I'll be answering client emails. I'll take like a half hour to 45 minutes for lunch. And then typically I'll answer emails again until um, it's normally somewhere between eight and nine. I'll get done with that. Um, but no lie, sometimes it goes till like I've had a few nights where it's up to like 1130, just depending on what's going on. So first and foremost, I don't ever want to like front that it's not something that's time consuming because it is for, and that's just, that's just the reality of it. Um, I would say first and foremost, again, like when I was in your shoes, when I had, uh, like 15 to 20 clients, I had no idea how it would possibly scale it up, but how I could possibly handle people more. But like, I truly think I'm, I'm so much more efficient with it now. So a big piece of it is going to come down to something that I talk a lot, about a lot. How do you really manage your time? Like if you look at these seven hours of check-ins that you're answering now, no lie. Like sometimes I have a client check-in and that it will straight up take like an hour for me to write the sponsors because we're going into so much depth. Maybe they asked a couple questions that I want to really, really elaborate on. Um, and I always try to go into as much depth as possible, but sometimes it will just take a long time. And like, I think that's an inevitable part of it, but also I know for me, like when I only had like 15 clients, it was pretty much like, yeah, I'm whatever, 10 minutes into writing this check-in, I'm going to check Instagram, um, whatever, I'm distracted texting somebody back, different things like that. So the first thing I would challenge you on is how much of your time, how much of the seven hours are you truly focused strictly on responding to check-ins? Because I know, again, for me, one of the biggest things was a huge amount of my time was going to Instagram. So are you on social media? Um, are you scrolling through your inbox to read other check-ins? Are you whatever, like looking at your stats on your website, anything like that? Like for me, the most helpful thing has truly been, and I talk about this all the time, my phone is down in my car. I have literally everything that could possibly distract me on my computer blocked. I can't get on Instagram. I can't get on Facebook. I can't get on YouTube. No other, there are no ways for me to get distracted. I will literally just set that blocker for three hours and all right, for the next three hours, I'm gonna bust this out. Um, So that's the first thing I would challenge you on, like how much of that time is truly extremely focused. Now, again, like part of this is, I would also, I would also look to see like, I know for me or like for mentor clients that I work with, this is a better example, like, also realize, and again, I'm just speaking to this because this is one of my clients, um, realize that there's a lot of different ways to go about 
building a one-on-one coaching business. Like if answering emails isn't your jam, if it's just not something you like, like for me, I love to sit back here, be all analytical behind the keyboard, really ponder things and like type up a response. But if that's not your jam, that's not the only way to do it. Like a great example of this is shout out to another one of my clients, Kathy, who is one of my mentor clients. For her, she loves hopping on the phone, loves hopping on a FaceTime with clients. So I know they do FaceTime check-ins. Um, and there's like so many different models like this. Like secondly, realize that you don't have to, if you don't enjoy going about this like someone else does, then there's a ton of different ways that you can like answer check-ins. Maybe you have like a, you have your office hours where whatever on Monday for, and shit, it could be like three to four hours on Monday where you're just on there. Anybody can hop in, ask any questions. There's tons of different models for going about this if answering emails isn't your jam. Um, but that said again, like truly, I think it mostly comes down to just how efficient are you truly with your time? Are you getting distracted a lot with your time? Because again, like you can answer. And again, for me, like don't at all get it twisted. Like it still takes 12 plus hours a lot of times. And that's just part of the game of having a lot of clients and answering all their check-ins in one day. And again, for me, typically like 35 to 40 of them will come in in one day. And then through the rest of the week, I'll have like 10 to 20 kind of filter in on Tuesday, Wednesday, on Wednesday, I'll send out my check-ins like to the people that haven't sent them in, like, yo, where are you at? And then, so some of these are still spread out throughout the week, but most of them do come in on Monday. And I very, very, very much push clients to submit them on Monday. Um, but first and foremost, that's the biggest thing. Next, I would say that to really look at your systems, like another thing that's very much helped me, and again, taking it back to, I remember when I had uh, probably 15 to 20 clients, there was one week where I spent, it had to be like 30 plus hours just writing training programs because I didn't have any system for how I program for people. Like I didn't have every single time I was programming, I was just creating everything, like even the training program template, like the little boxes in the PDF that I I was doing, I was creating all that from scratch. And that week I was like, damn, I have no idea how I'm possibly going to take on any more clients. And so for me, that forced me to like, okay, I have to improve my system. So we can look at like, like for me, anytime I possibly can, I will take some extra time creating a template out of something. So for example, let's say I'm teaching a client how to meal prep. Okay. These are some general structures and like, no matter what, here's a general outline of how we meal prep. I'm going to make that into some type of PDF template. So next time I answer this, I have a pretty version of it that's easier for me to duplicate. And then of course I like leave some things open in there so I can tweak it a lot to the individual. Or for example, I just created one for a client that we're taking her through an elimination diet. Now I could have just sent her the elimination diet guidelines in an email, but instead I turned it into a whole Google Sheet on its own. It looks super pretty. I took, I literally took a couple hours to create this, but now going forward, when I have clients in the future that, okay, I want to take them through an elimination diet process similar to this, I have all these starting procedures more or less in place. So I can adjust that as needed to the client, of course, but then we have this like solid foundation to work from. So like creating a lot and similarly, like with my training programs, I have every variation of squat, hinge, lunge, push, pull, isolation work, 
um, tons of different options for energy systems work, um, different rep schemes that I really like, mobility, um, different primer circuits, all this in kind of a master list that makes it much easier. So when I'm programming, I never have to sit there and think like, hmm, all right, what is a good hinge variation? And not like think about that for five minutes. So I think systems are a really a big part of it, but honestly, so much of it is truly like taking on more just forces you to grow more. And that's really been the most helpful thing for me. Like, uh, what podcast was it? I think it was the Wake Up Warrior podcast. So they were talking about like, it's like trying to pour, growth is essentially like trying to pour six gallons of water into a five gallon jug. Like it's going to force you to expand, which that analogy doesn't actually make that much sense because it would probably just like spill out the top and run over. But <laughs> just roll with the analogy, okay? Um, it's going to force you to expand. And that's very much like, I'm a big fan of like anything that like, could do shit that you don't necessarily feel ready for. Now, of course, I don't want you to push it to the point where you feel like you're giving clients a shitty service, but like the reality is for me with 50 plus clients now, I feel like I'm truly giving everyone a much better service than I was when I had 15 to 20 clients just because my systems have gotten so much better. How I go about things has gotten so much better. It's forced me to get so efficient and all my procedures, everything is so much more unlocked. Now that said, full disclosure, this is also why I'm bringing on, why I have for a few weeks now, the intern, shout out to my guy, Jeff, um, because I know I will eventually have that point where I can't take on any more clients, but do I feel there right now? No, not at all. Truly, I feel like I'm giving people better service than ever before. I know I'm giving people a better service than ever before, and clients continue to get better and better results, but also like, I think this is another thing to look at, Like, and this is the final thing I'll leave this with. It's kind of cliche, but it comes back to like knowing what you want, right? Like for me, every single morning, I go for a morning walk. And every morning, the last five minutes of the walk, I literally just speak aloud. Sometimes I record a voice memo on my phone or sometimes I just speak it aloud. What do I want? What do I want? And I don't say what do I want over and over, but I literally speak what I want. And for me, I know I want to build this shit. I want coaches under me because I want to be able to reach more and more people than I could possibly have on my own. And I know a big part of getting there is me working with a shit ton of people. And again, like I love working with as many people as I do right now, but I know there will come a point where, okay, I can't take on any more clients. But when that happens, which will be relatively soon, then I have Jeff here so I can give him clients. I've coached him up. And then whoever is the next coach that comes on underneath me. So I think a big part of it is like to like, in the mornings when I speak through, when I spend five minutes talking about like what I want, this team that I'm going to create, the impact that I'm going to have on people's lives, like the impact I'm going to have on the world, that shit gets me so fired up <laughs> that then when I come into check-ins, it's very easy to spend like 12 hours answering emails, which normally, no lie, would be a hard thing to do. But again, it all comes back to like, why are you doing this? And like, I think for most people, if you can just stay clear on that, it's not hard to do things like this. So <laughs> that's a very convoluted answer, I know, but so many different facets that go into it. So essentially, I would say first and foremost, set up the rest of your week. So Mondays, you can be very efficient with check-ins. Oh, and shit, I didn't even answer the question about um, what to do on like vacations. Honestly, for me, if it's a Monday, <laughs> I'm going to answer client check-ins. I haven't, since I've had my online business, taken a Monday off. Um, I don't really have great advice on that one, honestly. I would say, again, 
because some of it too is just like taking it back. To, I like I'm choosing that. I know that sometimes it's a trade off of I am gonna have more anxiety. And like Chaz and I talked about this, I believe. If you go, what it was probably it, it must have been May's Q and A episode with Chaz Spackman. Go to that. We talked about like. I think it's super normal for most coaches on Sunday nights to have a lot of anxiety or even like on Mondays before you open your email to have a lot of anxiety because as all coaches know, like sometimes check-in days go really, really good. And then sometimes it seems like you're just putting out fires all over the place and it's a lot more stressful. And again, I think that's just part of the territory. But as far as like the um, managing it on vacation, I'm not going to lie and say that I'm like a great person at like disconnected from this because honestly I'm awful at it. I'm very thankful that I have Katie in my life because she really does help me like for or force me to see, okay, I just need to be present and hang out with Katie right now. But normally, so like I'll use the example. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I went back home for my brother's wedding. His wedding was on a Sunday. So what we flew back on a Friday. So, I mean, Friday morning, got up, worked, um, worked at the airport, rode on the plane, rode on the car drive to Omaha from the Grand Island Airport, which was like a three-hour drive. I'm guessing most of my listeners probably don't know Nebraska geography very well. Shit, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm terrible with geography. But anyways, um, then just worked a bit Saturday morning, just like creating social media posts, hung out with my family, hung out with my family most of the day Sunday. Again, I think I like, I created a social post and I think that was it. I, all I did on Sunday. And then like things like this too, I'll try to prep as much in advance as possible. So I already have like my newsletters. Um, I'll create these earlier in the week. Um, I'll have most generally, I, I didn't actually for this trip because I had a ton of programming to do before, but generally I'll have like, okay, programs are all done. So I'll have the program while I'm out here. Um, social media posts are all created in advance, but then like coming out with family on Sunday and then all day our flight wasn't until 1130 at night. But like all day on Sunday, I just hung out at my brother's house or on Monday, excuse me, I just hung out at my brother's house and kind of talked with everybody while I answered client check ins. And again, like that's I wish I had a better answer to this. But for me, I know that's just that's the reality of what I want right now. And that's part of it all. Like everything, it comes back, comes down to trade offs like and that's the trade off I've chosen. Like as of now, I'm giving up more this time to build this vision of what I want with this coaching service, the impact I'm going to have on the world. So I would say it just comes down to knowing your trade-offs. Like you very well could, yo, I'm just going <laughs> to, like you could literally just tell your clients, hey, I'm going to answer check-ins on Tuesday instead of Monday. And everybody be, be perfectly fine with that. It call, all comes down to expectations. But um, yeah, as far as that goes, hopefully that is a helpful answer. I know that was kind of all over the place. All right, next and final question sore slash puffy wrist and hands after heavy weights have just started wrist wraps again um all right so here i would say probably you are just letting your wrist bend back too much so and if i understand this correctly i wish i had more clarity on the exact movement but i'm guessing that this is coming after like some type of pressing movement so often we'll see when people are bench pressing they'll really let the wrist kind of break backwards. So what I mean by that, if you look at this line of gravity, so basically if we look at the where the bar is at in position to your forearm bone when you are bench pressing, ideally that bar will be right over your forearm bone. So if we draw this line of gravity, it'll go straight down through the bar, straight down through like 
your wrist and depending on the angle of your forearm, I suppose, your forearm bone. But the point of this is like essentially our wrist should be stacked right up over our forearm. But if we let that roll back, so here if we like pull our knuckles back, so if you sit here, if you extend your arm, palm facing down, you pull your knuckles back towards your forehead, that's often the position that people will press in. So be it an overhead press, a dumbbell press, a barbell bench press. And that puts a lot more strain on the wrist. So now, still in this position, if you point your knuckles straight forward like you're Wolverine and you're trying to do that thing where he like extends his claws straight out, terrible analogy, but you get it. <laughs> if we just point our knuckles straight forward here, like we're throwing a punch, that's the that's a good analogy. I like that. Like well, like we're throwing a punch. <laughs> that's the position that we want our wrist in there. So I'm guessing that is the biggest problem. It's honestly from any time I've ever had a client complain about wrist pain. That's the fix. All right, guys, and that is all I have for you today. If you took value from this, if you enjoyed this, do me a huge favor: screenshot this podcast on your phone right now, share it to your Instagram story, and tag me. I want to connect with you. And thank you for listening. And also, you're really helping me grow the reach of the show and help more people. And that is really all I have for you. Until next time, thank you for tuning in.